Hello everyone, it's Daniel Talbot here. I'm a performance coach and you are listening to Your Balance and in this podcast, I'm going to put you to sleep. This is a complete guide to excellent sleep. Sleep can be scary if it's something you've struggled with like me. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about all the tips and tricks I've learnt to get excellent sleep from professionals, doctors and online. And this will help you get to sleep quicker, and often as a result as well, you'll need less sleep because the quality of sleep has improved. So make sure you listen to the end because the most important advice is around there. So I've struggled with sleep since I was very young. I couldn't get to sleep properly from the ages of about 8 to 14. I was terrified of what might get me once my eyes were closed. As a result... Sleep was the scariest part of my day from, and from about the age of 25 and for the next five years, getting to sleep was something I never looked forward to. It scared me. Thinking that if I didn't get to sleep and sleep well, that my next day would be horrible. There were periods where I would get four and a half hours sleep over seven days, four and a half hours. As you'd imagine, the impacts this had on my mental health was, was immense. However, through the research and the professional help, I have now got a great hold on my sleep and the impacts on the quality of my life that has produced have been unparalleled. So I want to share those with you here. And here is your complete guide to excellent sleep. Let's do this. So the first point, the first chapter to this is give up on trying to sleep. So when I couldn't sleep, I found that I would fall asleep at like 6 a.m., in the morning. And this is because I gave up at that point. I gave up trying to sleep. What a great example of how the mind is the most powerful tool when it comes to sleep. In that you can try to turn it off, but only by giving up can you get to sleep. Unless personally advised by a health professional, we all have the ability to get excellent natural sleep. And you would be one in 100 million if that wasn't the case. So don't lean on this as an excuse. Excellent sleep is our default nature. It's the behaviors and choices we make that impact our ability to attain it. Remember that there's been periods in your life, maybe when you were young or even a baby, that you were able to sleep and sleep well and get the sleep that you needed, which means that it's natural. So don't pressure yourself. As that pressure we put on ourselves to get to sleep plays a part in our ability, inability rather, to do so. The amount of sleep isn't important. Think more so that the important part is the way you feel the next day. So don't put a number on, of hours on how much sleep you need. The important thing, the thing that we actually are worried about, is how we will feel the next day. As much as not sleeping the amount you want causes you stress... Note that you've managed to survive those days where the sleep you were looking for wasn't provided. Seneca, a Roman philosopher and Stoic, explains, We experience pain twice, once from the pain and then again in the mind, the latter the more sinister. So our first aim, a difficult one, is to not make lack of sleep a big deal. Take the pressure off yourself. This will make the biggest difference around your ability to sleep. And it's the undercurrent for all the other tips I'm going to go through later in this cast. There are many ways to take the pressure off yourself. Firstly, you can write about your fears and see what's at the core of them. 
like I was describing, the fact that the next day is going to be horrible. That's the core of my fear. And then you can also journal. And that's a big way to actually write down how you're feeling throughout the day or reflect on the day before. In addition to that, there's there's meditation. And meditation helps you catch the thoughts that aren't contributing to healthy sleep. You can identify those ones that are making you feel stressful. Remember that change happens slowly, that it takes time for change to happen. So don't expect to start sleeping immediately. Don't expect that these thoughts and these mental processes that are set up will go away overnight. (laughs) That only through consistency will our bodies adapt to new sleeping patterns. So don't be discouraged. So how long will it take you? It really depends. It depends on you. How long does it take to stop smoking? It may take many attempts, but you will get better every time you try. So keep trying. Another point to look at this from a different perspective is to be thankful for the sleep that you do get, not upset for the sleep that you missed out on. This helps shift a perspective around positive sleep as opposed to negative sleep. Sleep becomes a good thing, not a negative thing like it had become for me. I have courses on how to learn and maintain these habits and other habits consistently, which I've linked here um, just below in the podcast info. If you're still having issues sleeping or waking up tired, then I strongly suggest seeing a doctor or a psychologist for additional help. There are many other issues like sleep apnea or weight problems that might impact your ability to get the sleep and the rest that you're looking for. Outside of this, these next list of tips will be all that you need. So let's start in the morning, 9am. I'm going to give you the most effective tip first. Wake up and go to sleep at the same time every day. Our body's hormones encourage us to be consistent with this behavior as melatonin and serotonin start being naturally produced to help you relax and go into sleep. It's so powerful that if you manage to wake up and go to sleep at the same time consistently, you'll be able to fall asleep in under two minutes as long as it's the same time every night. They use this process in the army. This hormone cycle is called your circadian rhythm and is impacted by our activities and by light. When you wake up, therefore, it's important to get some sunlight to notify your body that the morning has begun and to start waking up, allowing for your sleep hormones to refresh for the evening to come. Combining this with movement allows for oxygen-rich blood to get to your brain too, making you feel more awake and more alert. The way to do this is simply by going outside for a walk doesn't have to be a long walk or take much effort. You don't need to sweat or run out of breath. You just need to move and be in the sun, ideally for about 20 minutes. This isn't always easy, so I, I cheat. I take vitamin D supplements, which is what uh, we're absorbing from the sun and is a catalyst for hormone production. Hormones like our sleep hormones, right? Then after the vitamin D, I jump around on this little trampoline I've got for about five minutes. The same results with a bit of less effort. 12 p.m. Excuse me. The food and drink. So let's look at how we and what we consume during the day and how it affects us. Caffeine is so good, right? It is a drug after all, a drug that stops sleep. It doesn't wake you up. Rather, it blocks your receptors that bind with your sleep hormones. 
Hormones are your body's signaling system. With no messages going to your brain telling it to chill out, you feel more alert and energetic. Caffeine has about a six-hour half-life, which means it takes a while for your body to process it and get it out of your system. The next move, then, is to stop having caffeine after about 12 p.m. That means no black tea, Coke, green tea, or coffee, anything with caffeine in it. This might be really hard for some of us, especially because we feel we need it when we're so tired from not sleeping the night before. As this has an impact on your hormone receptors, you're actually messing with your body's ability to start producing the right hormones that will help you relax and get you closer to falling asleep when the time comes. Food can help us to get better sleep too. Dark chocolate and dark greens are very useful tools to help you fall asleep. And ensuring you get these in your diet will help your body recover and, you guessed it, help produce these sleep hormones. This is because they're high in magnesium. Yes, I'm telling you to eat chocolate to get to sleep. Though, it's got to be dark chocolate. Because dark chocolate has cacao in it, a very high amount of cacao. And cacao is the highest natural source of magnesium we have. We aren't eating the chocolate for the sugar. I'll explain more about how magnesium helps us a bit later. 3 p.m., the afternoon. Getting strenuous exercise will make you sleep better. I think this is pretty self-explanatory, right? If you exercise, you'll feel more tired when it comes to bedtime. And it's a good opportunity to knock off that dark chocolate I just told you to eat. Doing this in the afternoon means as you start to cool down, you relax after the effort you put in. You are complementing your body's natural process and help move you to a more restful state. Again, magnesium foods are very useful here for the reasons mentioned. Though, as well as this, so are carbohydrates. You see, I normally hate carbohydrates, but they help you get to sleep because they produce tryptophan and serotonin in the brain. These are more sleep hormones, right? Also, when I used to not be able to sleep, I would drive off to Macca's and get some of that food, which feels poisonous. And wow, that would knock me out. But this was a last resort. See, the issue with this process and getting carbs in so late once I've already tried to get to sleep is that if you go to bed with a full stomach, you'll have poor quality sleep. Your sleep cycle is one that your entire body works off, including digestion. Aiming to having stopped eating two hours before bed will enable your body to be in sync and not trying to process food, which takes effort and energy, right? And that will be used while you're sleeping, meaning you won't have as good a sleep and feel as rested when you wake up. Studies have shown that with bedtime coming up, it's time to start avoiding screens. I know most of us might have heard this, but ideally, two hours before bed, we want no exposure to any kind of computers, TVs, phones, etc. because of the blue light they produce, very similar to the type of light we'd get from our morning walk. You see, I can't manage this as well, the two hours, and I find it's hard to avoid it for that long before I go to bed. If I, about an hour is about all I need before I get to bed. And if I don't do that hour, I often find that I spend that hour worth of time lying in bed awake until I am able to fall asleep. So just an hour before seems to work fine for me with no TV or screen time. Another thought before bed and around dinner time is drinking or other drug use that might help get you to sleep. 
Sometimes these are really useful weapons in your arsenal, but they are to be used on occasion, that is, when they're really needed. However, you will not have improved sleep quality by doing this. The hours of sleep you will get will be compromised because it's not natural sleep, and there's a lot of other hormonal processes that come into play. 10 p.m., it's bedtime. The scariest part of my day, or at least it used to be. And let's be real here, this is where it matters. The most effective quality sleep tip is still to be consistent with the time you go to bed and the time you wake up. It's all to do with hormones, as I've explained. This looks like you only using your bedroom for sleep and bonding sessions. No phones, books, or eating in bed. Only use your bed for sleeping, and only using your bedroom for the same will produce the best results. Why? Well, this is because it becomes an external trigger for your body to start falling asleep. Like Pavlo's dogs that salvated when they heard a bell, you will fall asleep when your senses realize that this is where you do that, in the bedroom. Now, let's look at the next point. We're about to get to bed. We need a good bedtime routine. I'm all about the routines, and there's no different here. So in line with our dog-like routine-driven selves, doing the same things before bed will get you to sleep faster and with better quality because you're preparing yourself. These are called triggers and are very useful when developing any new habit. Also helps you get away from the, the screens and the before bedtime snacks. So here is a pretty sleep-inducing routine I've put together for myself with different triggers that you can use in your routine. So I'll break it down for you. 7.30 p.m. I stretch, I roll, or maybe some yoga. Some slow movement that relax you physically helps lead to more mental relaxation. 8 p.m. after I've done that, the shower and maintenance. Hot showers are, are around now can help you cool down as you get ready to sleep. An important note is our bodies need to drop two degrees Celsius before we can fall asleep. And this, support, and this supports that action with momentum as we cool down from the shower. 8.30 p.m. Meditate, journal, and tomorrow's to-do list. This is an easy way to calm yourself down after your day and plan for tomorrow. I like doing that before bed because it kind of gets all those thoughts that I struggle with whilst I'm trying to sleep out onto paper and I know they'll be there for tomorrow. 9 p.m. Read and talk. Reading and conversation is a wonderful way to get sleepy as both require a fair amount of concentration and tend to tire you out. And at 10 p.m., it's bedtime. That is just an example and you can use all of this as part of this any way you see fit. The strategies I've used in there are all very useful and part of a good, healthy way to get to sleep. Another point, and though a much more difficult and very useful still, is cold exposure. It's even more helpful getting to sleep than hot exposure. In replace of your hot shower, you could have a cold shower for three minutes. This works because it's already cooling your body down and it's using the last of your energy to help you warm up. And this encourages you to fall asleep because you're already kind of cold. So as we can tell from a lot of the descriptions we've gone through, temperature, other than hormones, is a, is a natural sleep trigger. That is, our environment and how we feel in, in, influences how we sleep. The bedroom. So that means 
The bedroom plays a big part in this. All your senses play a part in helping you sleep. Sight. As mentioned, light exposure influences your ability to sleep. Avoid light in the evening and seeking it out in the morning. This means no light in the bedroom too. No LED lights, no bedtime bedside table lights or night lights, no charging lights. And if you're a real gangster, you'll leave your phone out of the room while you sleep. But often that isn't practical as you might need it for an alarm. No smoke alarm light and get some blackout curtains too if you can. Or, which I currently use because I can't get the blackout curtains, I use a silk eye mask. Silk, so it breathes and doesn't pull on my skin. The idea is complete darkness and this will result in your body being sure it's time to sleep. Clocks in the bedroom are the enemy of a peaceful night's sleep. If you've struggled to sleep before, you can see the clock as a constant reminder that that you're failing more with every passing hour. Oh, I can't stand that. Ensure there is no visible way to tell the time in your bedroom so you have no reference point to get worried about. And if you are struggling to sleep or wake up in the middle of the night, don't look at the clock. Trust that you've got an alarm set for the right time and wait for that to go off. After sight, there's smell. Aromatherapy, which is smell, works really well. Lavender is my go-to as it has proven to help you relax. Lavender has become my trigger. I put a few drops on my pillow and when my nose catches that smell, I get so excited (laughs) that I'm so relaxed. It's that, oh yeah, kind of feeling. And that's what triggers are really good for, a provoked response from your body. Plants are going into the smell category too because, I mean, you breathe through your nose hopefully while you sleep and I'm sure you'd smell something, right, whether you notice it or not from the plants. However, you don't really want plants that have much of a scent to them. Too many smells can be distracting or even annoying as you try to fall asleep. Just stick with the one aromatherapy smell. You are picking the plants because they will help you get better rest at night as they pump oxygen into your room while you sleep. With oxygen... Um, we use that for the repair work we do while we sleep. There's many plants out there that are particularly good for nighttime plants, and I suggest that you have a look, maybe Google a couple that you could use. Also, under smell, a humidifier can be useful as this improves breathing through the night. I don't use mine because it dries out my skin, but this can be a good option as you might not want to stain your pillowcases with oil, like me, from the lavender, and you can use that oil with the humidifier instead. Touch. You might not want to stain those pillowcases because you'd want them to be silky, and the silky and silk is the silkiest of fabrics out there. <laughs> this is helpful because it breathes, and you will feel no friction when moving around. And this combo leaves you feeling like you're floating on air. Silk, though, is expensive, and if you want to avoid looking like Hallowitz from The Big Bang Theory, then you can get very similar results with coconut pillowcases and pill- and sheets. There is also an ideal temperature for your room to be at for optimal sleep, and that is 18 degrees Celsius and 65 degrees Fahrenheit. It's got to feel cold, and ideally colder than the room you were just spending your time in before bed. So again, clearly temperature control plays a massive part as a trigger for your body to fall asleep and also to maintain sleep. With your room being cool and your body needing to drop 2 degrees to be asleep, we can see how prioritizing this will give us good results. 
This can be tricky with a partner in bed, so try some water sheets. These can cool or heat your bed on just one side, and once you start using this, you'll wonder how you slept without it. They are great. Just search on Google for some water sheets. Another sheet option is weighted blankets. You get the weight of these blankets based off your body weight, so you won't be crushed. And they feel like a hug, like a squeeze. You will be so cozy. And using weighted blankets has been proven as a successful way to help people relax or calm down. So you know it's going to help you get to sleep too. Sound. For sound, this is more dependent on the preference than proven practice. There are binary, um, sorry, there are binaural beats that you can listen to that are meant to activate parts of the brain through specific vibrations that help trigger a sleepy response. You can download apps with tracks that do this or find them on Spotify. White noise is also very useful and white noise machines are very helpful. I like to put on a podcast quietly so I can listen. I can listen to it even through basic headphones or Sometimes you could even get a combo with headphones or an eye mask. Uh, that's, I've never got one of those, but it's always interested me. Sleep, because I sleep alone mostly, I sleep with the podcast playing very quietly next to me. Sometimes I even put earplugs in and have the po- volume on loud and so the birds in the morning don't wake me up. I'm a sound-sensitive sleeper, so those kookaburras which we have here in Australia, which laugh like a ka-ka-ka-ka, is so annoying, especially when you feel like they're laughing at you because you haven't slept all night. And these little these little birds, they kick off at the second before the sun kicks uh, rises. So it's a real frustrating experience. So with taste, this is an easy one, thankfully. As your body works in harmony, like we mentioned, we want to make sure digestion isn't trying to happen while you sleep. So you don't want any taste in your mouth other than the toothpaste I hope you've used to brush your teeth before bed. Some other helpful tips around sleep can reduce, can be provided through supplementation. Supplements like sleepy teas I find very helpful. They have a variety of ingredients that help you get to sleep and feel relaxed. Also, the trigger that can be formed around the action of drinking tea can be helpful for you to get into sleep mode. One of the ingredients in these teas is valerian root. Valerian root is also a supplement that is the main ingredient in many sleep assist assist supplement blends. Having it on its own like this is the best way to gain results. Valerian root helps by releasing GABA, G-A-B-A, in the brain, a hormone that promotes relaxation, and the same type of hormone that's released using Xanax. Also, in these supplement blends, you will find the often mentioned magnesium, Another point showing how useful it is for sleep. Again, taking this on its own will give you the best results. Now, magnesium is a precursor to another sleep hormone called melatonin. And that's a sleep hormone I've already mentioned. So magnesium is really helpful in the development of melatonin. Melatonin on its own is also available as a supplement and it helps align your sleep cycle, your circadian rhythm. Don't rely on this. Things like caffeine will block the receptors that uptake this hormone. You produce this naturally, so you'll only need to take this when you're not feeling tired and it's time to sleep, much like when you feel tired or not tired with jet lag. Still can't sleep? Look, to wrap this up, I've been told to not leave my bed for the period I want to sleep for, the eight hours. And then I've been told again to lay in bed and lay down for 20 minutes, then get up and do something boring if I can't fall asleep. Both can work, 
It's kind of up to you on what you choose. Though it's hard when you might not have a clock. This is why having a podcast can be helpful or some sort of white nose on a timer. If though, like me, the reason you can't sleep is that your mind is racing, then getting up to do something boring is helpful. Boring means being in line with no screen time. There is this meditation process that I find very helpful. I lie in bed, I replay the day, piece by piece, maybe in about 20 pieces. I scan the body down from head to toe, slowly, relaxing each muscle group, and then I scan the body up from toe to head, doing the same. Then I count down from 1,000, one second at a time. I got down to 340. See if you can top that before I passed out. Also, if you do wake up in the middle of the night, don't look at the clock like I mentioned. It doesn't help you other than giving you a reference point to worry about. Oh no, I only have three hours left to sleep before work. You've set an alarm, trust yourself, just get up for that. This also helps promote the most effective tool, waking and sleeping at the same time daily. This is the complete guide to sleep. There will be nothing else you need to know other than this here. Remember that you need to do it slowly. Try doing them one at a time so you can see what actually works, how they feel, and if you like it. But through many years of effort, I've been able to conquer my sleep, and it has changed my life, and I hope it can change yours too. All the best. I'm Daniel Talbot, and I will see you around next time. Bye.